everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wingard, founder of Wingard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. This is my third message in the series called Hope in the Soul. And if you missed any of the previous messages in these series, you should take the time to go back and watch or listen to those as well. These messages about having hope in the soul are primarily about faith and how faith is the catalyst to experiencing the resurrected life fully in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. The message for today is called Mixing Word with Faith. I'm praying that your life is being changed by the Word, the Word that you've been hearing and the Word that you've been reading. Hopefully you are planting the Word in your heart and you're seeing change happen. In one of my earlier messages, I asked this question, if you are a Christian, does that automatically make you a believer? Now, I answered that question by showing that believing for salvation from sins or the born-again experience is only the beginning of what it means to be a believer. True life change comes from being a believer in every area that is talked about in the Word of God. This includes supernatural healing and financial blessings and so many other promises of God that are given to us. So many Christians and churches have separated out the born-again experience from the fullness of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, but no one can provide any verses to support their theory. If you are thinking that simply being a Christian automatically makes you a believer, you need to look in your own heart and ask yourself, do I really believe everything that God is showing me in His Word? Do you believe the things you have not yet found? The truth is powerful. The truth will set you free, but you must receive it, and you must believe it. The truth by itself will not set you free if you choose not to believe it. Living a life of faith can and should produce a heart filled with rest, but we must first set our minds on the things of the Spirit. This is why hope in the Spirit is so critical. It's so key. When we have hope in the Spirit, and then in our soul we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, we access the power that's there for us. Have you noticed how much of what we actually experience in and through our bodies is a direct result of the things that we set our minds on? You see, you've been given all things for life and godliness, 2 Peter 1.3. But those things don't become accessible to use just automatically. This requires a choice on our part. It's all about where we set our minds. So I'd like to read Romans 8, uh, verses 5 through 11. And I'd like to look at how, how this is described about where we set our minds and the results of that. Every time you hear the word carnal, just think natural. Okay, I might even say that as I read. Okay, so starting in verse 5, Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, or naturally minded only, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. And that's one of my favorite verses right there. Because when the Spirit of God is present, we should expect the actions of God. We should expect the Word of God. We should expect supernatural experiences. So, in my flesh, the Spirit of God now dwells because I've been born again. And it's the same for you if you have been born again. If you have not, please contact me and I will help you. Uh, There's plenty of uh, people who can help you understand what it means to be born again. Uh, You are continually on God's mind because you are his child if you've been born again. He has set his mind and his heart on you. So the only thing missing is setting your heart on him. I want to go back to the statement that I said earlier. I said living a life of faith can and should produce a heart filled with rest. But we must first set our minds on the things of the Spirit. If we look in Hebrews 4, verses 1 through 12, we can see how the finished works of Jesus have enabled us to walk in an attitude of rest and trust. I I mentioned this the last time in my message called, What is Faith? But the main verse for this entire message is right here in Hebrews 4.2. So I want you to pay close attention to this as I read, and I'll be starting in verse 1. So Hebrews 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them a rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Therefore, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. And he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Wow, those are some powerful verses. So I want you to notice here that the, um, the message of entering the rest of God, it, it says, it, it talks right there about ceasing from our works. And so obviously the first question that we would see then is, well, what part of this is works? What part of it is faith? And of course, James says, faith without works is dead. So the works come out of the result of having faith, but it begins with faith in your heart. You have to be able to mix the power of the word with the faith in your heart. If you are not living in an attitude of rest, I want you to ask yourself, where am I placing my trust? You can tell very quickly where your heart is when you take the time to read the word of God and allow the word of God to discern the thoughts and intents of your heart, as we read in the last verse there. We all need to come to the place where we can be completely honest with where we are currently and where we are placing our trust. Trust God to show you clearly where your heart is and to lead you into a place of rest. Everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross was finished 2,000 years ago. There is nothing you can do to earn more righteousness from God. But there is one requirement to be able to experience the overcoming change in your life. You must be settled in the truth of God's Word. You must free yourself up to rest by mixing the Word with faith. I, I've been thinking about uh, an explanation of this or a way to understand it. It's like taking all of the ingredients that you would need for a simple thing like uh, baking a cake. You put all of the ingredients in and you say, this is the most amazing you know, whatever your favorite dessert would be. And without taking that and putting it in the oven and baking it, you, you could have all of the ingredients there and ready. But until they're activated by the heat, until they're baked, it will never rise. It will never become the thing that it's supposed to be. It's the same as a seed. You take a seed, you put it in the ground. If, you're, if you put it into good soil, there's the proper amount of moisture, sunlight, temperature, everything, that seed will grow. But if you take that same seed, it has the potential to be a, a massive tree or to be a, a fruit uh, uh, or a vegetable or you know something specific. You take that seed and you stick it in a freezer or you stick it somewhere where it can't grow. You've taken the power of that and you've nullified it. You have allowed that power to sit dormant. So the power of the Word of God is here. The Word of God is like a, a, a seed. It is like, and Jesus talked about this, the sower went out to sow. And the sower scattered the seed on you know, different types of soil. You can take the same seed and you can put it on the soil in, in different you know, rocky soil, hard-packed soil, good soil, uh, or soil that has thorns and, and, and weeds, every one of those different types of soil will produce a different harvest, not because the word or not because the seed is different, it's because the soil is different. 
So this is not a complicated uh, understanding, but it is hard when we when we look at the results that we see in our own lives and we say, why am I not seeing the results that are talked about in the Word? And it's so much easier to to look in the Word and say, I don't think that's what that that's what it means. Instead of saying, oh, that's what it means. What needs to happen? for that to be produced in my life. What uh, faith needs to be mixed with this or combined with this, faith becomes the catalyst that activates the power in the Word of God. So, I want to read those verses again, Hebrews 4, verses 2 and 3. I just want you to hear this again. Listen to how this is described. Verse 2, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. But but, but we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. Well, actually, I'm going to stop right there. We who have believed do enter that rest. We do. Our hearts are able to rest in the goodness of God, Our hearts are able to rest in the completeness of the finished work of Jesus. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. The complete work that was talked about in in hope in the Spirit, the righteousness by faith, everything that was given to us for life and godliness, all of those promises, we can rest in them. The Word becomes the, the power that we are relying on. Our faith reaches in and accesses that. The Spirit, in the Spirit is where all of these things are are the truest and purest reality. In our soul is where our decision is made. That's where our belief resides. That's why with the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. There's There's a combination of truth and power in the Spirit, agreeing with that in our heart deeper than our mind, agreeing with that in our heart, in our believer, in the believing part of us, activating it by faith, and then speaking it out with our mouth. And I'll, I'll talk more about this uh, in hope in the body, because we have hope in the spirit, it's where everything's true and pure, hope in the soul, where we are accessing the truth of that hope in the spirit, and then hope in the body, where we speak out. This is where our, the authority of our words comes to play, where we speak out the truth that we know is true here, and we have agreed in our heart by faith that it's true for you, for me, specifically. So remember, God is never angry with you if you miss it. And he's always guiding each of us to greater and greater access of his goodness by faith. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.